With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Slightly favours the right footer here, but Griffiths, having got the goal, goes again. Will it happen here for Scotland? It's John McGinn to float it in! Yes! It's in! By Scott McTominay! This is big! This is huge! This is massive! This is Scotland 3! Israel 2! And this is the Scotland way! You just have to go with it! Oh, come on! Listen to this, please! Absolutely brilliant, Ian! You know something's no more about this here. Absolutely tremendous. Absolutely magic. Delivery in from McGinn was superb. Look what it means to McTominay. What about the delivery? I don't even know who scores it. Is it McTominay? McTominay off his chest. Brilliant. What a night at Hampden Park. One of the best Scotland games in recent memory um, as far as entertainment and the ending to 90 minutes goes. Scott McTominay's injury time winner sending Hampden into utter bedlam. Uh, an amazing moment. I was there to witness it. Two of my guests were there to witness it. Andrew Lang and Gordon Sheikh. Phenomenal stuff, fellas. And we're here just to talk about what... An amazing evening it was um, to, to finally get the better of Israel in 90 minutes again um, and such a huge occasion. So the playoff spot ahead of two games against the Faroe Islands and Moldova away from home is very much within Scotland's grasp now. Gordon, we'll come to you first. Thanks for joining us again. As always, just sum up really how you reflect on last night. There's so much to digest. You're right, there is. What, 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 what a night. What an absolutely unbelievable night. I think, I think for me, you know, this past year, this Scotland team, this Steve Clark Scotland team have put in some really good performances and had some really good results. And a lot of those times, those moments were ones that we couldn't share and we couldn't be together for. You know, we had an Israel playoff semi-final. We had a Serbia playoff final with no fans. We had the Euros with very limited fans. We had Austria winning away, beating them away from home with no away fans. So it almost felt like last night that outpouring of emotion and joy at the final, the final whistle was effectively a year's worth of celebration rolled into one. And that that is what it felt like. You know, I know you're going to bring in Twitter questions and one that jumped out at me was, have we ever seen atmosphere like that? And I don't know that I have. I mean, I think we've talked before on this podcast, Andy, about the, the Slovakia game in 2017 that took us to the brink of a playoff again, but I don't know what the attendance was in that game. It wasn't what it was last night. 
before then maybe Republic of Ireland 2014 felt like a good result that we all enjoyed good atmosphere then before that 2007 Ukraine that was a day that felt like we could beat anyone but I, I would still say that last night was head and shoulders above those Andrew you were there with your girls something that will live long in the memory for you oh man it was you can still hear him hoarse. I am feeling rough, but absolutely on cloud nine. Like, honestly, man, the, the Ukraine game was the, the feeling that I equated to yesterday. So, and how long ago was that? What, 14 years now? Yeah, 2007. Unreal. So these these moments don't come around often. We just need to, you know, it's, it's such a beautiful thing, isn't it, when we all spill on it afterwards <laughs> you just you just bask you just gotta scroll through forever with a big daft grin in your face and oh it was it was wonderful Andy um absolutely sensational like and to do it with my girls there as well so and my wife came to it was like man Scotland were showing off do you know just, <laughs> yeah just waited until they came for our first game well my girls have been my wife's first game and I was like, it's like this every every time. <laughs> well, I will, um, I will, I will tell you, Andy. Sort of on on that topic, I obviously took my my nephew Luke to the game. It was his third Scotland game. He was at the six 0 game against San Marino and the one 0 against Moldova. And I will say, at half time, he turned to me and he said, "Can we go home?" And I was like, "Why, why, 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 why do you want to go home?" And he was like, "Because I don't, I, I don't want to see Scotland lose." And I was like, mate, neither do I, but, you know, <laughs> we have to support them. You have to keep cheering them on. And, you know, it's a long way to go in the game. Yeah. And it could be okay. And by, and by the time it got to the end, during those celebrations, he turns to me and he looks up at me and he says, this is the best day ever. Oh. <laughs> Which is not wrong, is he? Love like, that. <laughs> yeah. I saw, do you know what? I saw two old boys, must have been in their 70s. They would have probably said exactly the same thing. I think that's what it does to you. It's just like... We all felt like going home at half time, but like none of us were going there because it just the chance that it might happen and it did. It was, oh man, incredible. And actually, just on that, my nephew, I don't know what age is your, was it your nephew, Gordon? I? Yeah, 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 he's, he's eight just now. He's eight. So, same, same as my nephew was there with his, uh, with my brother. We all go together. And my, my wife nudged me and went, uh, just to, out the corner of her eye, she was watching him. And uh, he just had a wee tear coming down his cheek, do you know what I mean, after the penalty miss. And I put my arm around him and I was like, me and your daddy have been here before, it'll be all right. Like, totally not thinking that inside, do you know what I mean? <laughs> and then, oh, his wee face at the end, oh my God, it was just incredible. Brilliant. The the, the thing is, it was, it's really all about the magnitude of the game because we've beaten or we've certainly beaten or drawn or run some bigger teams close over the years. Um, France uh, 06 when we came back to equalise against Spain before we let it slip late on uh, Germany beating 3-2 and at those points um, the, the stadium is really starting to uh, electrify really but last night I mean we, we beat a team that we should be beating I mean let's not get away from that mm-hmm. we're, we're a better squad and a better team than Israel but I think it was because so much was on the line it could have been anyone we played last night and I think that it would have been that reaction France Germany um, if that was Moldova at Hamden last night in a game that we had to win and we, if we got it over the line in the last minute, I think nothing really would have detracted from the moment whatsoever, Gordon. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right, but, but I think there had been a lot of bigging up of Israel just because we've played them so many times and we'd only, everyone loved to go back to, we've only beaten them once in 90 minutes in the last six games. So I think we'd almost made them up to be more of a threat than they were because I think you're absolutely right that they 
they have some good attacking players and they can they can hurt you as they always seem to with us. But yeah, I just think that, you know, you've got to look at the mentality of this group of players. And it is seriously, seriously impressive. You know, by, by my count now, that's that's five points in this group that we've taken from losing positions. Because first game against Austria, we were losing twice and took a draw, gained a point. Against Israel away, we go behind, take a point to draw. And then last night, we go behind twice and win the game. So, I mean, <laughs> obviously, you'd, you'd like to see us not concede and not have to climb that mountain every time. But the fact that these this group of players keep coming back... That's really impressive. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll take a, a look at the, the game then and how it panned out, ebbed and flowed uh, before we come to the, the Twitter questions. So, yeah, the, the game did not start well. And looking back at the highlights, Ian Crocker did say at the time that the good thing is that Scotland have still got so long to to right the wrongs, which we eventually did, which was which was amazing. But the start of that game um, was a Javi's free kick. It felt inevitable for me, uh, Andrew, when he put the ball down. I actually turned to my brother. We were in the West Stand, so opposite end of the ground. And I was kind of half, you know that way where you're not sitting on your seat, but you're kind of resting your arse on the edge of the, the, the back support <laughs> bit. I was doing that. Um, and I was just kind of peering through my fingers. Um, and I turned to my brother and said, the sooner we accept this is going in, the better. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then what, about 10 seconds later, there it was flying past. Gordon, it was some strike to be fair. I said, I do you know? I, I said it's hilarious because I said exactly the same thing. My brother, which was we were big sci fi film nerds and uh, the Matrix, where it goes, That is the sound of inevitability. It was like, <laughs> <laughs> that was exactly what it was. Yeah. Um, and do you know, I I didn't do my best Hugo Weaving voice at the time, but it it, it was such a weird game, like. That I knew that that would go in. And for some reason, I knew that Dykes put not skip my head, but I was just like, please don't smash it down the middle. Please don't smash it down the middle. <laughs> and then he smashed it down the middle. There was like, it had everything that game. Do you know what I mean? It had everything but for the fact that we got it over the line at the end, which I, I just absolutely love. Because someone mentioned mentality. I think it was you, Gordon, but it was, mm-hmm. you know that that's the thing that we love at Alba Matter. And I actually get dragged out of retirement because I was so excited <laughs> about this game, man. So it wasn't a publicity stunt, honestly. But um, when Scotland are playing, I need to come back on board. But uh, I just love it. Like, you know, another thing, Finn, I was there with Finley Martin. He turned out to me and he was like, um, do you know, which fullbacks world class? I wonder if we'll find that out today. Because against Ellie Dassa, Andy Robertson's always kind of struggled, apparently. And last night, like, I love that he, and he got man of the match at the end, and he got two assists. And, I mean, that is, that was an elite level performance by Andy Robertson last yeah. night. That was like, that was him showing, I am the captain. I can lead by example. I can drive us forward. And by the way, I've got the quality that Eli Dassa doesn't. And yeah. it seemed like the more that, that we believed that, you know, it was like someone had just said to them, these are all really good players. Mm-hmm. Like in every single position now, we have really, really good players. So just go out and play like you can. And uh, that I, it was, a, it was. It, I mean, if ever there was a game of two halves, it was incredible. Every cliche was fulfilled last night. It was mad, <laughs> absolutely mad. Gordon, the the performance of Andy Robertson is one that I think people have been dying to see from him. He's been mm-hmm. improving step by step for Scotland from a from a level of performance where you were left yearning for more to kind of more fulfillment now but last night and Andy makes a good point there that both his assists 
there were two different kind of left-back assists. One of them was the mm. wicked delivery on a plate for Dykes to go and attack, and the other one was the rampaging driving run forward with the one-two in the edge of the box um, before laying it off for McGinn, whose goal was echoes of Fletcher against Poland. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think Andy there hit the nail on the head by describing it as a real captain's performance. I think I, I would think that was probably Andy Robertson's best performance in a Scotland shirt last night. And I think you look at him, and I think you're absolutely right that he looks like he he runs this team now, and the players look up to him, and they look to him for inspiration, and he's there to give it. And you're right. I, th- I think he 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 was able to sort of pick and choose his moments. Um, I was chatting to Grant Jendo on. Uh, Twitter earlier and he was pointing out that he seemed to think that there was a fair bit more swapping effectively of positions between Tierney and Robertson like a lot of times it seemed to be more Tierney getting forward and I think Robertson he picked and chose his moments to get forward he didn't bomb forward all game but when he did he made the most of it and you're right those two assists were absolutely fantastic Um, and yes John McGinn's goal just an unbelievable strike fortunately where we were sort of up in the east stand I was effectively behind it. So basically, as soon as that left McGinn's boot, I could tell that was going in. And congratulations, John McGinn. He's now level on goals with Joe Jordan for Scotland. So it's fantastic. Wasn't yeah. uh, there's a few a few comments in, in the Twitter. We might as well jump to this just now because it kind of ties in that although we, we did concede two goals in the, the first half, we, they, weren't, they didn't cut us open at all. Israel, I don't recall them really slicing through us. Um, and making life a nightmare for our defence. That the second goal came from a set piece where I, I don't actually know. I think it was a combination of Robertson and McTominay, despite us just talking Robertson up, that let De Boer go to ghost in mm. himself at the back post. I'm not sure. It was it was like a weird mix of zonal. I think as well. I, th- I think I, th- I think as well though that you if you rewind it back, the way that the ball ends up at De Boer at the back post is mm. kind of farcical and kind of freakish because yeah. it's I think Dykes goes to clear it. It comes off the Israel player, which sends it goalwards, which Craig Gordon saves really well, and then it's Dubur that tucks it in. Yeah. So nine times out of ten, the clearing header clears the box, and there's no chance. So yeah, they they, they still though Robertson and McTominay though they, they yeah they, did they made a mess. Like they watched the flight of the ball rather than their man, and that's why yeah. Dubur was mm. was free at the, at the back post. But um, so that aside though, Israel didn't really cut us wide open and create chance after chance. The first goal was a free kick. Um, I think after a bit of naive play from Nathan Patterson, I think he overplayed a wee bit in the mm-hmm. right-back area and it eventually led to the free kick. Um, but with a couple of comments tying in on the, the defensive situation, Greg um, is on touch on Twitter saying, defensively, we look dodgy. Um, and first half, Patterson was particularly rusty. And then uh, SPFL Fitba fan as well, always a good comment uh, contributor, saying, uh, are we discussion on the back three? Um, if you take McTominay out there, um, can you drop McGregor? And where do we put McTominay? Uh, Damo McLaughlin saying, try not to be negative, but I thought Patterson was poor first half last night. He's going to have to do a lot of learning in the national team. Um, so defensively, is there anything that makes you uncomfortable after last night's performance? Or are you too impressed with the way that we, we thwarted Israel throughout, despite the concession of the two goals? Because as I say, they were set pieces. I think it would be naive not to agree that Patterson had a really difficult first half. I think everyone could see that. I think the positives are that we were always looking at growth, like he finished it brilliantly. Um, you know, everyone in the second half played to their, their maximum, their potential, which is which is what you want to see and why we we're in such a buzz by the end of it. But um, there's definitely ways that we can improve. And I think 
it's it's such a hard school international football now um, because there's no there's no meaningless friendlies. You know, you, every game is important, and I, I know we've spoken about this before. We've spoken about it a lot in the pod, but it, I mean, it's a chastening experience, isn't it? It's like you're learning in front of fifty two thousand like under the lights in a really important crucial game. There's no better place to do it, you know. And what I loved about Patterson, well, a that Clark kept him on. And then B, he had the, the not just, um, what's the word? He had the mental toughness to think, no, I'm going to beat my man. I'm, I'm going to keep making these runs. I'm going to get higher up the pitch and I'm going to push push their left back back, which he did. And I loved the maturity of Billy Gilmore to come across and help him out, whether he was told or not. Their link-up play was was exceptional in the second half and, and cut his role open time and again. Speaking of, you know, I can, I can think of, Patterson getting in a few times, I can think of Gilmore getting in a few times, one all down to himself. I know we'll get on to talk about Gilmore. But yeah, I to answer your question, man, I, I accept that there's frailties, but I think it would be naive of us to not expect that. Um, but yet we need to persist in it or we won't grow. So <laughs> there's really it's a catch 22. Like we we don't have um world-class talent yet in the right back slot, but we have a brilliant young player who we need to really encourage um, and kind of bear with because, okay, O'Donnell's not done much wrong, but he's not going to be around for the next 10 years. Patterson will be and Patterson will be playing at a really high level for the next 10 years. He's got a very high ceiling, I think, anyway. Yeah, it so, was it was it was a tough first half for him, no doubt. But he did yeah. grow into the game, and that's your mantra. Uh, and he was he was superb in the second half. Had a contribution towards mm. the end of the game as well, um, nearly helping set up John McGinn's winner when Christie eventually picked it up on the right hand side. Um, yeah. On the on the topic of defence, a couple of interesting comments coming in here, and, and I think that it relates to McTominay's performance. I, he's the hero of the night. I actually felt that McTominay in the first half was our worst performer in, in the team. I, I felt that McTominay was was miles off it, to be honest, um, on the right of the three. Um, of course, he more than made up for that at, at the end uh, and with his second half performance in general. But Gordon, a couple of comments coming in with regards to McTominay. I suppose Kev Ralston says, can we afford to keep playing a midfielder in defence? We got away with it last night and against England, but we need to be more solid. Um, and then also a comment from Liam McLaughlin, which is an... A, a, Personally, I think a, a peculiar point because he says the first half exposed the right side of our team, which is no surprise, um, referring to McTominay and Patterson, who were who were poor uh, in the first half. But Lee McLaughlin also says Hendry isn't at the level to be at the centre of a defensive three. Um, personally, I would I would disagree. I think that he's he's played there for uh, Ostend and now Bruges, uh, hasn't he, over in Belgium? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the, the defence is, is, is a very interesting one. I mean, obviously, had Grant Hanley been available, had not been suspended, he would have started in the centre of the back three. Um, and he presumably will come back on Tuesday night in the Faroes. Uh, it's such a complicated one, really, because as much as I completely agree that I think in the first half, the right side of our defence and midfield, effectively, with McTominay and Patterson, it wasn't working at all. There were a lot of mistakes, a lot of errors. But then, to be fair... There were a lot of errors across the entire team. I thought, on the whole, the first half performance was incredibly sloppy from Scotland. And had we gotten in at 2-2 by scoring the penalty, it would have almost been felt like a get-out-of-jail-free card for us. Um, but yeah, they did they did massively improve. And I'm, I'm still of the opinion that we do seem to play our best football when McTominay's in the back, in, in, at the right side of the centre-back centre three, because... 
He's got the ability. He can read the game well. His passing is generally very good. The way that he can link up with with Billy Gilmore, especially as he did through the second half, was excellent. And I think, look, I think the point saying that we were shaky in defence, I think that that is unfair. I think if you look at the, the game as a whole, Israel had three shots on target. They scored two, and those two came from set pieces. So, the and and I completely agree with you, Andy, that we weren't cut open. At all. So, yeah, there's a bit of sloppiness defending set pieces. But other than that, I don't yeah. think there was too much to be too they, concerned about. They, they had they had that one chance, Andy, ahead. I think it was Zahavi, maybe about 70-odd minutes or so. I can't quite mm-hmm. remember where he was three, six yards out. And just after a, the, a heart and mouth moment yeah. straight at Gordon. I think that was yeah. it. Yeah. It was it was the... You saw it after we, after we equalised with Dykes and, you know, the passion of the VAR and all that. And then everything just exploded. You saw Robertson and Callum McGregor and a few other leaders in the team, of which we've got many now, just turning around before the whistle went and probably like that, like keep a lid and on it, you know, with our hands, yeah. Um, sorry, I'm doing that with my hands as if you can see me. But, but, <laughs> you know, and I think they, we all wanted that. So we were all like, okay, everybody, she's sh- like, <laughs> you know, like, don't get too worked up because this happened before. And um, I think that kind of, you know, the old cliche again, your most vulnerable five minutes after scoring. You know, it was that like that was the only chance and Zahadi put a weak header at Gordon. And it kind of felt like, okay, we've got through that. You know, we've got through that now. We've not given away silly free kicks like we did for the first two. And then from that moment on, I can't remember anything really troubling us at all. No, no, it was just like we were going to breathe the goal in and we did. So I am... Um, I totally agree with you. I, I can't remember any anything. The one thing I would say about Henry, by the way, he basically won every header that came his way, um, as well as claiming an assist for the last goal. So yeah, there's still ways he can he can grow and improve. But I thought that was a solid performance by Henry, all in all, um, yeah, given away I mean, the silly I, I at the start. You know, I, cer- I certainly wouldn't pick on Henry for last night. Um, no, no. I think it's a perception and opinion, of course, but no, certainly, uh, I'm not. Uh, calling for him to be removed from the team. It's going to be interesting to see if he does get removed from the team, though, uh, with Hanley coming back to fitness, if it's going to be him or McTominay that stays in, because pretty certain, and uh, looking at the Twitter comments as well, a couple of people questioning us as well, that midfield now, Gordon, is surely untouchable for the, the immediate future. Uh, 100%. And, and so it should be. You know, I, I very much appreciate how I sound like a broken record on this, but consistency of selection is a good thing. And players playing together more often make a better team and yeah that midfield three McGregor sensational um, like that from again for a wee while for Scotland and that was him back to his best he was using his body the right way he was driving with the ball he was being positive he was getting forward scored an absolutely incredible goal obviously put in the, the corner for the for the winner and then obviously you land on Billy Gilmore, who, look, at 20 years old, he now, in his, what, seventh cap last night, he's very much on that pitch thinking, right, this is my team now. This is my midfield. And I felt like right through the first half, we were we were a bit predictable. Obviously, like we've said, we were quite sloppy in the first half, but we were fairly predictable in terms of the patterns of play. And it was centre-back to outside centre to wing-back and then work your way back to the other side to the other wing-back. And through the second half, Maybe just through players tiring, but Billy Gilmore was able to find so much more time and space on the ball. He was able to drive forward. Some of the passes he was picking out were absolutely fantastic, including the one that he just in the build-up to winning the corner for the for the winner, 
when he picks up the ball in the midfield and he could naturally just look for Patterson out wide and he zips this perfect ball into the feet of Lyndon Dykes who then drives into the area and wins the corner. And it's things like that, just that vision A, to see the pass and then B, to execute it. So impressive. So 20 years old, good God, what a talent this kid is. So where, where does McTominay fit into the team then, guys? Because I think we are all in agreement here and Andy, I, th- I think you are as well, That because you nodded a wee minute ago when I asked if the midfield was untouchable, that yeah. McGregor, Gilmore and McGinn are the first choice trio. So I think we've got four defenders for three places, I think, um, really. Well, for the starting places, we've got squad players too, like Cooper, McKenna and uh, a few others when they come in, Declan Gallagher. But um, for the there's, we've got four I think, realistic, arguable starters for, for three. Tierney's always going to have one on the left. And then, mm-hmm. so really, you've got three for two. Um, McTominay, yep. Henry and Hanley. And Hanley is probably going to start whenever he's fit and available now as well. So is it just a case of Henry or McTominay? I think it is. I mean, I'm awful glad it's not my call to make. It wasn't so long ago we were talking about who's going to play at centre-half. and kind of, Now we've got all these names jumping off. Um, the sheet and they're all good choices um, I think it is a case of just this Hanley come in for Henry because I don't see him taking McTee out particularly after scoring the, the winning goal um, I think also if you look at our four goals that we scored against the Pharaohs at Hamden it all came from um, really lovely distribution by the right centre back and the left centre back um, like KT got but did he get three assists that night? I think yeah, so. Yeah. From that position. And, and McTee's distribution along the deck was similarly very, very good. It just we, we attacked down the left mostly that night. Um, so there's there's that. And nobody, like playing a, a team, like maybe if we were playing a higher quality opposition, and I hope I don't root, <laughs> you know, that I'm saying that, but a higher quality opposition who, you know, backs against the wall, maybe go with a more defensive-minded player than McTee. And you'd have... Um, Henry alongside Hanley, but I think he'll keep McTominay in purely because we're expected to have most of the ball. Hopefully, we do have most of the ball, and um, our, our passing through the lines is going to be crucial um, and our ability to score goals. So, that is why I think he'll keep McTominay in um, against the Pharaohs. Um, and Moldova remains to be seen. We'll, we'll see what happens there. Uh, so, I, I don't know. Does Hanley replace Henry? I don't think Henry did much wrong. Maybe there, there is, the I, I, yeah. I should I should mention as well. I know that I, uh, I proffered the question that was uh, put to us by Lee McLaughlin there about Hendry, but there is a lot of love for Jack Hendry in the mentions as well. The quality of his header to go up there um, in the last minute and, and nod that mm. down towards the back post, which I think is um, the the fruit of some Austin McPhee influence in the training ground. I think that's why he's been brought into the the Scotland camp to yep. try and help Scotland make something of their set-piece opportunities. Well, there we go. And uh, I think also maybe the throw-in might be an interesting one to consider because Robertson took that very, very quickly um, mm-hmm. rather than waiting for some of the bigger boys to get forward and try a longer throw mm-hmm. into the box. So I wonder if yeah. that's another idea that been, that has been put forward by Austin McPhee just to get the ball back in our possession on the park as quickly as possible rather than just launch it in and see what happens. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that could be something. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of love for um, for Jack Hendry in there and McTominay as well, of course, after his winning goal. The, there's something I'm going to put to you, Gordon, that I saw on Twitter earlier. I don't actually think it came into my mentions, but I know you're a massive fan of Shea Adams. Mm-hmm. 
is does does he need to do a bit more for Scotland? Um, I don't know if that's too vague a question for you, mm-hmm. but I feel that Lyndon Dykes brings a lot more to the Scotland side as a striker <coughs> than than Shea Adams has recently. Um, I think that he is making life harder for the defenders, linking up the play more, um, and has undeniably in the last three or four games been a bigger goal threat. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I look. I, I think. Strikers are obviously always going to be judged on goals, and Lyndon Dykes has now scored three in his last three. So yeah, he's he has been phenomenal for us. But I would suggest though that I think Dykes has been very good because he's playing as part of a front two, and I think they are working quite well together. You know, yes, I would like to see more from Shea Adams because I always want to see more from Shea Adams, and I think he's a wonderful player. And look, he could have scored within the first minute, and probably should have done better than just sort of tamely putting the ball into Marciano's gloves. Um, but yeah, I, I I still feel like I saw a fair enough amount from Shea Adams last night. Certainly nowhere near enough to make me think that someone should be replacing him in this team. I, I think I think the Adams and Dykes partnership should continue to flourish for sure. Yeah, and they happy with the the way that those two are blossoming some sort of relationship. It's not quite York and Cole, but they're they're good enough. Yeah, absolutely. I th- I think uh, I. I- agree entirely with what Gordon said there. She Adams a Premier League striker. He's a it has running off the ball is exceptional. His strength, his hold up play is fantastic. His touch when you need it to bring you up the pitch is fantastic. Um his awareness, like it was him that turned around and said to Robertson, I think, come on, let's get this quick and and gave it back to him, albeit a kind of wayward pass and Robertson just kept it in and then put the cross in. But you know, I, I think Adams has been a revelation for Scotland without scoring many goals. I, th- I think he gives us uh, a- an awful lot up front. And I felt like he was just coming into the game a wee bit more as he mm. built up. I felt like there was a cut, he was he was just like a half yard away from getting through and go a couple of times. Yeah. And um, then he then he pulled up and, and had to come off, which was a shame. Don't forget, course, um don't don't forget as well, it was Shea Adams who Andy Robertson played a little one-two with before teeing up McGinn as well. So it's ah, that sorry, awareness of being able to be in the right place. Ah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was him that turned around and kind of demanded it off Andy Robertson. Yeah. Like, look, I've got time and space. Let's, let's, let's do it. So I think knowing that and having that sharpness was like, um, yeah, there's there's a there's an awareness there that you just can't, like, if, if players don't have it, it's very very hard to coach it out of them, I think. And, and she Adams has got it. And that's what makes him a Premier League level striker. I think he's a fantastic player. The goals will come. And hopefully to come on Tuesday night. Yeah. Um, let's let's just hope he's he's fit and well enough for that one, you know. But um, Ryan Christie came off and replaced him, and I just thought that's that's the strength and depth we've got at the moment. That Christie um, is coming off the bench and making an impact, and you know Ryan Fraser's not there, and you know we've just we do have an awful lot of talent at the moment, and not an awful lot of pushing for for starting places, which yeah. uh, is no bad thing at all. A special mention for Dykes. Russell is in the comments uh, asking for that as well. Uh, the, the goal record recently, as we just touched on, he, he's scoring important goals for us and the character to come back from the penalty miss to go and get that um, second goal, which is a, a really good instinctive finish and a great celebration. The way that he threw his fist forward, um, just absolutely oh, totally agree, passion there. It was superb. Uh, yeah. Um, it, it, it was brilliant and I, I do think I still say that his performance in Serbia a year ago is, is one of the best striking performances I've ever seen from Scotland and he's been getting back to that um, level I think recently 
Um, it's an interesting question, though. He, he was fortunate to score his penalty in Austria. The, the keeper mm-hmm. went right under the keeper. Last night, he opted for a similar style of penalty, um, and it was saved easily by Marciano. Who should be our penalty taker? Uh, I was having the chat with my brother last night, and there are a few names, I think, that we can rely on. I mean, we've just we've just found our way through two penalty shootouts without missing one, so surely there's some candidates there. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I would, I would say, if I was, if I was throwing a hat in the ring, I would, I would probably, I would probably put Scott McTominay's name forward because I think if you look at the two penalties that he took in the two shootouts, there are, there's no player that hit a technically better penalty than Scott McTominay. I think he hit the side netting both times, unsavable. McTominay for you, Andy. I said, yeah, that's exactly what I said to my daughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, personally, I said Callum McGregor. Um, I feel he had the <coughs> penalty as well. Um, but I, th- I know we've got options through there, and I, I think though that I think we should move on from Dykes uh, on the penalties. Yeah. Personally, I think that, that, that the first one that hit the back of the net—that's all that matters. But it was mm-hmm. wasn't the most convincing. And then last night, um, it was a it was a poor pen, uh, and I just I think if I, the power style down the middle is is too. Yeah, I mean, I, look, I th- I think if we're gonna give him maybe the benefit of the doubt, I did see a post match interview with him where he said that. I think he tried to put it somewhere else and I think he mishit it slightly. So I, I don't know that he was trying to put it in that place. So maybe we'll give him the benefit of the doubt there. Um, but yeah, look, I, we, we touched on the mentality of this group of players earlier and for Lyndon Dykes to miss that penalty at what would have been such a crucial time to get an equaliser just on the stroke of half time, and then to come back for the second half and put in the performance that he did, absolutely mm. unbelievable. You know, And you mentioned there the run for the goal that... If you watch it in the highlights back, you can see that he's got his arm out very early. Basically, as I think Robertson's still got his, the ball in his hands for the throw-in, and Dykes is saying, right, put it here, put it here. And then when the ball comes in, when Robertson takes the, hits the cross, you know, Dykes is about two or three yards behind the defender, and there's only one guy getting that, getting on the end of that, and it was Dykes. Just that was, unbelievable. It was so cathartic. Like, Andy, you touched on it. See where it just met it with studs full on, and like, it was like you, you, you felt you just felt it, do you know what I mean? You felt the boom and then the smack of the net and then like the pop of the crowd, it was just like, it all just went, and then we had to wait for VAR. Thank God and, for VAR, and, eh? Oh, man. But see, do you know do you know what was amazing? Was um, And it didn't make it onto the cat. I was like, because at the time I was like, I can't wait to watch that back in the highlights. But you know, Andy Robertson was just looking over the ref's shoulder because <laughs> we were all in the North Stand, I think, weren't we? And he, Andy Robertson was looking over the ref's shoulder and when it became clear that he had given it, he ran towards the north stand and just like totally <laughs> gave it. Do you know what I mean? And it was it was unbelievably brilliant. And I was like, I hope there's a camera here that got that. And I haven't seen one yet, but that's why you go to the game. Oh, absolutely amazing. Well, um, there's a couple of good general conversation comments coming in that we can touch on after the Pharaohs game when we're looking forward to the bigger picture. And um, hopefully after we've got another win under our belt. Um, we've kind of touched on John Bleasdale's question, who makes way for Hanley on Tuesday if Hanley comes back into the team? We probably expect that to happen, but I think we, we all seem to be of the opinion that it will be Hendry that drops out and McTominay will stay mm-hmm. on the right side of the defence. We'll see what happens. Um, we've got John from the Scots Abroad pods in the comments as well asking if that's the, the best um, and most attacking half uh, against an opposition of somewhat good quality that we've seen from Steve Clark's side yet. Is that the most impressive 45 minutes of football we've seen from Scotland since he took charge two and a half years ago? We're both humming and hawing here. <laughs> probably. Yeah. yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean, can, can consider the, the stakes and the the stage that they were playing on and the, the pressure 
but yeah, that was a that was a good the second half. The amount of chances. I think we had seventeen shots on goal across the whole game. Wow. I mean, yeah. No, yeah, you can't, argue, you can't yeah. argue with that. Yeah, yeah. It, it felt like the balance of play was in our favour the, for the entirety of the half. Pretty much, I, I really think that it, it felt rampant at stages from us. Um, and when McGinn missed that chance with two minutes to go, I did think mm. that was it. That yeah. that was what we've been working for for the last fifteen minutes or so because we were battering them really. Oh we, yeah. yeah. See, Dykes Dykes headed as well, and I loved watching. Oh that my goodness. goodness. Mm. See, see the way Tierney burns his man. It's like, mm-hmm. I, th- I think, so Owen Brown said this a few times, it's like, if Tierney had another trick, it would be brilliant. But he does the one trick that, so well. Yeah. It's like... They'll show and go. Yeah, exactly. Just shows and goes. And he did it with his right foot yesterday. He dropped the shoulder and put the cross in. And it's always perfect with Katie. Like, it's... And I was like, oh, right, here we go. And Dykes put it right back at it. Yeah, it was, I'm with you, Andy. It was like, is this ever going to go in? <laughs> um, do you know what it reminded me of? Because I was in exactly the same place for this goal as well. Was uh, Remember Maloney came off the bench and, and fizzed it in. And it was, who was it? Uh, McManus. McManus. Steve McManus. Yeah. <laughs> it was yep. like that goal. You know, like I had the same thing in my head because I didn't know how it went in, but I had the same view and I just saw everybody mm-hmm. bouncing. And I was yeah. like, Right, okay, we'll score. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. Well, um, Chris McLaughlin as well poses a good question. We're running out of time here, guys. Just a couple of minutes left. I'll come to you first, Gordon. Um, do you think that Scotland go and get that winner if the stadiums were still empty or 10% full or whatever? Yeah, that's that, that's a really good point, actually. I mean, certainly Steve Clark shouted that out in his post-match press conference when he said that, you know, when, when the board went up and it was six minutes of added time, that the roar that the crowd gave almost somehow just gave the players a lift and just got them going again. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's a really good question. Um, I think the I think the crowd probably did play a part last night and kept them going to the end. And, and yeah, we got what we deserved. Yeah, and Callum Brown asking as well, regular listener, thanks Callum for the question, asking if where does that rank in terms of Hamden atmospheres? And we, we did compare it to the Slovakia game um, and the Ukraine game as well earlier. <coughs> Um, in the podcast, I, th- I think though that it, it it does feel like slightly higher than all of those. I remember as well when we got back to two two against Spain, Hamden was it was absolutely bouncing. Like th- those are all massive games. But last night, I think especially as you recognise Gordon that we've all really been away for so long that it did feel like we were pulled back where we belong and and all witnessing what we want to witness. Um, it mm-hmm. was a moment to treasure, and I do think that that from the minute the goal went in. Um, until uh, 15 minutes after the game ended or whenever it was it was it's just unrivaled really you, you, you don't beat that whatsoever um, so yeah it has to rank up there probably better than than the other ones but only just yeah um, so yeah we're, we're out of time fellas but we'll be back after the Pharaohs game on Tuesday so thanks for joining us everyone uh, Gordon Andrew pleasure and let's go and watch the highlights again shall we pleasure cheers guys <laughs> thank you Podcast Network.